For more insight into Trump's latest claims, what he is saying, I want to bring in CNN's or New York Times senior political correspondent, CNN's political analyst, Maggie Haberman, who is here. I've been doing a lot of reporting on this. Maggie, but first off, on what you were hearing the congressman talk about there, Trump, you know, now saying that Biden is the anti-democratic candidate in this race. I mean, how much of that is just this age-old habit that we have seen of his, of accusing his opponents of what he himself stands accused of, literally in this case? There's no question. Yeah, we've seen him. We've seen him do that over and over. He did it with Hillary Clinton in a debate, famously in 2016, where she called him a puppet of Putin, and he said, "No puppet, you're the puppet." I mean, this is whatever he gets uh, tagged with, he pushes back on. But I think your question is the right one, which is why is he doing this now? And I do think that the congressman is correct that uh, there are enough voters in the country who are concerned about this. Is not concerned about the framing of stories, are concerned about Trump's own actions. Uh, that when people talk about his efforts to stay in power. When people talk about what happened on January 6th, it's not an especially uh, helpful fact set to Trump. I think that his team is aware of that. And so they are trying to put this back on Biden because there, there are Trump supporters who are upset that he was criminally charged. Now, you can look at the various things he was criminally charged with and decide whether you think that was uh, necessary. But he is trying to turn this into how he is the victim, which we have seen over and over again. Yeah, and I should know, I mean, he's not ad-libbing what we're hearing, just off the cuff in random no. interviews. He's reading off the, a teleprompter often. And Maggie, I mean, it seems to suggest this more concerted effort to push back on that charge. I mean, what do you make of whether or not I think that this is a more formal position he's taking? Look, it certainly was the case over the weekend, Caitlin, when there were signs at a Trump event in Iowa accusing Biden of attacking democracy that were on various seats. This wasn't just some impromptu ad lib. This is something that his team had thought about. And again, to, to go back to what we said before, they're clearly doing it for a reason. If this was not a trouble spot for him, if this was not a concern to voters uh, they, about Trump's own behavior and his own statements, they wouldn't be doing it. What are you hearing from sources on what would be different in a second Trump term in terms of not just Trump himself, but, but who's around him and what those efforts to enact his policy ambitions look like? Yeah, so my colleagues Jonathan Swan and Charlie Savage and I have been working on a series about what a Trump second administration would look like going back to June. And, you know, this is not hypothetical, Caitlin. These are generally based on his own words. Our piece in June was about how he said he was going to appoint a real special prosecutor, quote unquote, to go after President Biden and his family. He has talked about uh, wanting to have more control over, you know, cities. There was a, a comment that he made in March where he talked about. Uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to wait for permission to go in, something to that effect. It was a clear reference to the Insurrection Act, which he did not use on U.S. cities when there were protests, and some of which turned into riots in 2020 uh, in, in response to the killing of an unarmed black man in Minnesota, George Floyd. But he is, you know, he is saying a number of things that he is planning. He has a policy staff that is working on a, a very, very uh, radical immigration plan. It's not that dissimilar from what Trump was talking about in 2016. He has outside groups that are working on efforts to try to, uh, you know, not just staff a second administration, but help him gut the civil service and to try to take greater control over pockets of authority, uh, of uh, independence within the government. So this is all 
from his own mouth and or from his close allies or his advisors. And this is what would happen next time. And he'd be walking into a presidency with a weakened Congress, with the people who have been the most opposed to him and his own party, such as Liz Cheney, uh, not in her seat anymore, Mitt Romney leaving, um, you know, can go, go down the list. There were not many of them, and they are basically gone because he has bent the party to his will. And he has a supermajority of conservatives on the Supreme Court, which could change things as well. Yeah, and no worry about having to be reelected after that. Maggie Haberman, great reporting exactly. as always. Thank you.